this is on the radar coming at you with the NBA preview of the 2023 through 2024 season Eastern Conference. Now, unlike baseball and football, where you have the ALNL and the AFC and the NFC, where you merge two leagues, the NBA never did that with the ABA, which would have made sense to have an ABA and an NBA conference. The whole East and West thing is stupid when there's at least four to five teams that are not on Western Standard Time that are in the West, like the Timberwolves and the Thunder and the Pelicans and the Grizzlies and then obviously the three Texas teams. But we're going to start with, because obviously not everyone knows the name of the division, we're going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have won what championship in the past. That was when they got Drew Holiday to add to the Giannis Middleton, Lopez Portis, you know, crew. Well, they're going to have a different crew this season, okay? Still got Giannis. And we still got Brooke Lopez, and we still have Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis. Pat Connaughton is still on this team. So you were like, well, what are they going to do to change the season? Well, as I said, they... Don't have Drew Holiday anymore. Drew Holiday was traded. And they were like, why would they trade Drew Holiday? He's a really, really, really good player. And I'm like, well, they were able to get Damian Lillard. You're like, well, I thought Damian Lillard wanted to go to Miami Heat. Well, everyone is not able to get what they want when it comes to where they're going to go and what they're going to do. So Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. He's a great scoring player. So he's obviously a much better player than Drew Holiday in terms of scoring. But they're on the same age. And, you know, essentially they gave up, you know, Grayson Allen and some draft picks. Whatever. Not a big deal. But the question will be, well, a combination of Damian Lillard, Giannis and Middleton and Brooke Lopez put up to the top, and I think there's a very good chance that this team wins the championship because Lillard is finally able to team up with a really good frontcourt player in Giannis. He's never had a great frontcourt player because over the past, the Marcus Aldridge, Craig Oden didn't work out. McCollum is another undersized small guard. It didn't work out. When Milwaukee has Malik Beasley and Pat Connaughton at the two-guard spot, that's good. They're both good role players. They have that figured out. They picked up Cameron Payne, who was Chris Paul's backup in Phoenix. But again, he missed a lot of time. But for them, that's a very good... Uh, he's turned into a very good point guard in spite of his start of his career. They still have Jay Crowder and Bobby Portis off the bench. Maybe this team will actually play Jay Crowder at like the small forward, the shooting guard position, because again, he's they kind of put him on an island a lot of times to make him play power forward in games when he's not really a power forward or a center. And they also have a, two sets of brothers on this team, Thanathis, 
Giannis's brother and Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez, we all know, is in this NBA has been a very, 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 very good backup player in this league. So having Robin Lopez and Bobby Portis who could win sixth man of the year and when he has played well, the other Lopez has been hurt, he's been great. So right there, you're like, well, their bench isn't that great. No, when you got either Malik Beasley or Pat Connaughton coming off the bench at two guard, Cameron Payne at point guard coming off the bench, Jay Crowder, Robbie Portis, and Robin Lopez, that's not bad. You're like, okay. So is Mike Budenholzer, who won an NBA championship, going to be the head coach? Nope, he is not. The Milwaukee Bucks have changed up the head coaching position. Their head coach... is Adrian Griffin. And I'm going to tell you personally, I met Adrian Griffin in college when I went to a Bulls game for class. He's a nice, world-class act, and he's been an assistant coach for a long time. The Bulls never hired him. He was on, you know, Toronto staff. So he's been around the block. That's the thing. And they're hoping that things are different with Adrian Griffin being a longtime NBA player and a longtime NBA assistant head coach. As I mentioned, with the Raptors, the Thunder, and the Magic as well. And he was with the Bucks originally with his first coaching gig. Issue is Terry Stotts, who coached Damian Lillard in Portland, has decided to resign as the assistant head coach, which is what you kind of need for Adrian Griffin to have a veteran assistant head coach, but he decided that he's not going to be there, so that's going to be an interesting thing going forward. So yeah, I feel like Giannis is a good chance to win MVP, the Bucks have a good chance to win the championship, and obviously, it really doesn't matter division, but they're the best team in the Central, they're the best team probably in the Eastern Conference, because the Eastern Conference has a few teams, like the Bucks, the Miami Heat, and then the Celtics and the Sixers. But you're like, you, we all know those are going to make the playoffs. The Heat, it doesn't really matter the seeding, they always make the playoffs. It's the Nets, the Knicks, the Cavaliers, the Bulls, that, and the Hawks. You're like, maybe they're a playoff team, but I don't know. Now, the second best team in this division is... Is the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, though, they have a young team. We all know they have the young team of Darius Garland, All Star Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen because they're like the Nets got lucky. Got, well, I mean, we're stupid to trade Jared Allen to the Cavaliers. Darius Garland was an all-star with them first. It was a little bit of a adjustment period to have Garland and Mitchell, who both need the ball in their hands, who are both undersized, and they're not the greatest defenders in the world. That's the real issue there, is that... that 
things didn't always obviously work out. And obviously, who plays with two bigs? Jared Allen's a rim protector, shot blocking, rebounding defensive center. And Evan Mobley's super athletic and can do that as the center position too. So a little adjustment periods when it comes to that. The real question is going to be getting year two. They go further in the playoffs with pretty much the same starting five. Well, sad news is that Ricky Rubio has decided to step away from basketball to for his mental health issues. So they paid a lot of money for Max Struess. And Max Struth is going to have a lot of time at the guard position off the bench. Karis LeVert is also going to have a lot of minutes off the bench because we all know that dude could just all of a sudden put up 20 points or even 30 points without blinking an eye. That's interesting. It's really going to be how much good is the bench they have outside of Karis LeVert and Max Struth. Because I don't know much how much Jorius Niang, Damian Jones, and Dean Wayne are going to contribute. And Tristan Thompson... Is really old. That's really the question that I'm going to have is that that's the real question there. And it's not like they did anything when it comes to really fixing up things because Robin Lopez, Seti Osman, Raul Neto, those are pretty good bench players. It's just Max Struess was the big key addition that they did to this bench. And I don't know. It, it's really going to make a difference with J.B. Biggerstaff. It's all going to come down to the core of how can Garland and Mitchell play together and Mobley and Jared Allen play together. Mixing and matching this Max Struess and Isaac Okoro and Karis LeVert off the bench. But they're a playoff team because, again, the East has never been that great. Now, the Bulls, this is the local team guy looking at it. They have a potential to be a better team than the Pacers because the Pacers are still young and up and coming with their team. And the Pistons are always who I keep saying, man, the Pistons are going to be surprised everyone to make the playoffs. Injury. So with the Bulls, Instead of changing things up and potentially trading Zach Levine for some young players or a different player, they held on to him. Instead of finding a real point guard, they just re-signed Ayo Desumu and Kobe White. Kobe White, we all know, is a great three-point shooter and scorer, and Ayo is a great defender. That doesn't really translate to a, a starting point guard. And we all know Alex Carroll. He's my favorite Bulls player. He gets rebounds. He plays defense. He gets steals. He can assist. He can shoot the occasional three. He's amazing bench player. So, as I said, Io and Kobe White. So, again, it's a trio of three different types of point guards that don't really equal up what you need. And then, obviously, they kept DeMar DeRozan. There's still a Patrick Williams who, again... In my opinion, it's a bust. He's the Bulls were dumb enough to draft a backup power, a backup forward, who is undersized. And when you're undersized, maybe you can shoot threes. No, he doesn't. And then they said we're gonna just keep the trio of Zach Levine and Demar Derozan and Nikola Vukovic. We're gonna re-sign him to a, for a multi-year deal instead of letting him go elsewhere or doing a sign and trade. 
maybe getting DeAndre Ayton, Yusuf Nurkic, just swapping up centers with other teams just to see how it is. So it's literally the same core. Vukovic, if you don't give him the ball early, he doesn't want to rebound or play any sort of defense. He likes to hang out on the perimeter. Like, it's just a flawed team. Okay, they kept Andre Drummond, who in my opinion, the Bulls could have kept Andre Drummond at center, saved the money on Vukovic, and maybe signed Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks. They could have got another guard in this league. That would have been much better. And they could have signed Max Struess. They could have signed Gabe Vincent. They could have obviously picked up veterans like Schroeder and and they could have even brought Jordan Clarkson in a starting role, D'Angelo Russell in a starting role. Trey Jones, I don't know, know how. Like, they didn't even think about that. I said, Ray Jackson's a good role player. It's just, you know, the amount of point guards that were available this offseason. I'm not saying James Harden and Trey, Russell Westbrook, or Kyrie Irving. But again, Reggie White, D'Angelo Russell, Trey Jones, Fred Van Fleet, Dennis Schroeder, Gabe Vincent. You could assign, or even Jordan Clarkson, you could assign any one of those guys with the money that you gave Vukovic, and having Drummond as a starting center, and the team's leads being Levita DeRozan, that's not bad. It really is not. You're going to be like, well, what do they do in the offseason? Well, guess what they did? They signed Javon Carter, who a few years ago was like cut, bouncing around the league. He is, again, a backup guard who can shoot threes and play defense. Well... As I said, Alex Caruso does that. Kobe White and Io, if you combine them, they both do that. And then Tory Craig, who is really a small forward. I don't know why they listen to power forward here. The Bulls just don't have a backup power forward. So Tory Craig is an undersized forward. He's going to play power forward. And again, what does he do? He plays defense and shoots threes. That's really the issue there, is that Tory Craig, Javon Carter, Caruso, Kobe White, Io DeSumo, just blah. It's just like none of it stands out. And we all know Lonzo Ball. At least they officially announced he's not going to play the whole entire season instead of the whole, is he going to play or not last year? And we know he's not. So sorry to Billy Donovan, but the Bulls are going to be good enough to maybe be a seventh or eighth seed and then go, you know what? We got to play, be in the playing tournament and then lose. That's the problem there with the team, okay? They didn't really do anything. Sustainable, and they said we're just going to keep the same exact team, obviously. And of course, because the way they finished, the Magic got their draft pick, and all, and they drafted they had the 35th to the 42nd overall pick. Like that doesn't really do anything for you. That helps you want to win. Like that does not do anything for you, okay? As a Bulls fan, I'm a little disappointed if they're off season. Okay, now the Pacers. Man, you thought trading away Sabonis would have been a bad, a really, really bad idea, you know, the other year. And But, again, Western Conference preview, I'll talk about him being an all-star with the Kings. The Pacers finished 11th. 
the Bulls technically finished 10th because they lost in the playing game, but the Pacers are up and coming because Tyrese Halliburton led like the, one of the top leaders in assists and was an all-star, like that sort of thing. And they decided to not be, we're going to trade Miles Turner every single offseason, and they signed him to an extension. So Halliburton is an all-star. Miles Turner could be an all-star because he's played like with the Team USA teams. Like that's really good there. They also signed a key uh, Denver Nuggets role player, Bruce Brown. They overpaid for him, but they got themselves Bruce Brown as a wing player because the youngster, Benedict Mahartin, they decided that Matherin, that they really like this guy because he's obviously their first-round pick in the previous draft, that they're going to go with a three-guard lineup. I don't think that's a good idea. I think Buddy Heel should be playing every day. But again, Buddy Heel wants to be traded. He wants more money in a case. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. But they, as I mentioned, have been trying to ship him and Miles Turner for years because they didn't want to win. Now they're like, well, we're really close to winning, so we'll give Bruce Brown all this money instead of giving the money to Buddy Heels. It doesn't make any sense. Bruce Brown's a good role player, but Buddy Heels is a starting player in this league. They still got great backup point guard, TJ McConnell. That's what you want in a backup point guard. Then they made a really shrewd trade, and they got Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, the Knicks can. They barely used him because Thibodeau doesn't play young guys and rookies. But I don't know about a starting lineup of Obi Toppin and Miles Turner. They're both big men in the NBA. That was the issue they had with Sabonis being a good power forward, but the NBA not really having power forwards like they used to. And yeah, so I don't really get that. And now, another thing that I don't get is, is that, why would the Pacers say, you know what? We're going to get rid of Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte was a high draft pick. Yeah, he's been healthy, but he's a good shooting guard. But they're like, well, we got Martin and we got Mahatrin, whatever his name is, you know. Matherin and Halbert, and we're good at the guard positions, and we got, but we're gonna give the money to Bruce Brown. I'm like, I don't understand trading Chris Duarte. He's a very nice young player, and again, they didn't really do anything to draft because they had the 26th pick, the 29th pick, and the 32nd pick, and the 38th pick, and the 40th pick, and the 47th, 55. They had a lot of draft picks in this draft, including the eighth pick was for Jerace Walker. So they go and use their first, their top 10 pick on a power forward and also trade for Obi Toppin. So I don't get it. You want to use Obi Toppin or you want to go with your 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 top thing? Okay, Rick Carlisle is a good head coach. I don't know. I just don't understand what's going on with them. But again, this team will run with how good Halliburton and Matherin and Bruce Brown play in a three-guard offense and how Obi Toppin and Miles Turner as two big men play together now that Miles Turner knows he's going to be here for a while. Then we're getting up to, as I mentioned, the Pistons. The reason why I put the Pistons like in last place in my preview, I talk about them last, because again, it's all this what-if questions, and when they had Dwayne Casey after Stan Van Gundy, you're just like, okay, cool. Now what's going to go on here with the Pistons? Well, bringing in veteran Joe Harris, first and foremost, 
and Monty Morris is good. They get two good role players off the bench to replace losing Corey Joseph and Jaime Diallo and Rodney McGroover and RJ Hampton. So they lost some key veteran role players. And no one's picked up Diallo, but they re-signed Isaiah Stewart, which is pretty good. That was a smart idea by them, but I don't understand the Pistons' strategy of having a thousand centers. Like I really don't. Their first, they had a top five pick this year, and they drafted a small forward, Short Thompson. A lot of people say it was a reach for the this. There was this was probably a reach for the other Thompson brother. They say he's less regarded as a prospect than Almond, and might be a, been have been available to trade back. See, he's a well-rounded player, but he's got a sh- proven a lot of things. So obviously he's going to have to shoot, and Pistons don't have a lot of shooters. So until the Pistons like actually show any potential, you're like, what's going on? Because Kate Cunningham is, as we mentioned, their, their first-round pick, the first overall pick. He's a 6'6 point guard, and so we thought, well, he's going to play a lot of shooting guard because he's a scorer. Problem is, A, he hasn't been healthy, so his leadership, obviously, being out there on the court has affected them. And I was first on the impression that Killian Hayes, who was a seventh-round pick in 2020, was going to be their starting point guard. But he's, they decided they're going to make Kate Cunningham the lead ball handler, the lead point guard. Then I was like, well, how about their first-round pick in 2022, Jaden Ivey? He's a point guard. He's about 6'4". They decided that both Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey, they're not going to be the point guards. They're going to make Kate Cunningham the point guard. And that the guy, Asher Thompson, who I just talked about, who they drafted, who's a small forward at 6'7", they're going to start him at two guard so that Bogdan Bogdanovich, who we talked about last year on this team, like when are they going to trade this sharpshooting three-point guy who everyone wants, right? He's still around. Then you got to work in Joe Harris at the guard, at the shooting guard small forward because he won his offense. And same thing with Alec Burks, the po- combo guard. I don't understand having all these guards and you're knowing what you're doing with them. The other thing is, they got Marvin Bagley Jr. from the Kings. And I was like, that's a good move. A change of scenery guy. Let's see if it works. Right? Then, they decide to, in last year's draft, also, they decided, they get Jalen Duran at center. He's about 6'10". I'm like, okay, 6'10". He's probably best suited to be the backup center or be in a rotation with Marvin Bagley or maybe play power forward. But Isaiah Stewart, who has said they kept their own guy as well, who, as I didn't realize, that he wasn't 6'10 or 11. He's 6'9. But again, he's a first-round pick from 2020 that got. And you're like, well, that's three centers. And Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran, the Pistons already did this with you know, Drummond at center and Greg, Mon- and Greg Monroe at power forward. Two big men. They even had Blake Griffin as well. Like, the NBA is not doing this, but they have Stewart and Duran and Marvin Bagley. Well, do you know what they did at the deadline last year? They got James Wiseman because Golden State gave up on him. And I'm just like, what is going on with this team? You can't win with trying to get two change of scenery centers and Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman but then you want to play your young guy Isaiah Stewart who's been really good useful role player and you draft Jalen Duran as well 
because that's where I don't understand it. Because they also then traded a young forward in Sadiq Bay. Like I thought that Sadiq Bay was good with his core, playing small forward with the the, the so-called point guards along with Kate Cunningham and Isaiah Stewart. I thought, and they had Jeremy Graham. I was like, this is not a, not a bad thing. The Hawks were smart to get him today. And again, it just, it just made no sense to trade him last year, you know, and then getting James Wiseman to go there. That's where That's where it didn't make any sense for them to do that. So again, you're wondering what's going on with Detroit. Is Kate Cunningham ever going to be healthy? What's going on with the guard spots with Kate Cunningham, who probably should be a two-guard and let one of the many point guards they have Play point guard or let Alex Burks play point guard for this team because he's a veteran. Okay, like, it just obviously made no sense at the time. And if Cunningham is healthy this year, then guess what? He'll probably be comeback player of the year. Now, Phoenix stupidly fired Monty Williams at Phoenix story, but... The reason that it's relevant is thing one, is that the Pistons signed Monty Williams. I, I I don't know why he wants to go to a team that has been in last place and what they're doing, but hey, for him, he gets to try to mold Kate Cunningham, the other young guards that I mentioned that are not starting, the four big men that they have, like, I, we'll see how that goes because, again, Monty Williams has been around the block trying to play with young teams. So I think, like, coach young teams. So I think he can do it. Now then, the Atlantic Division, which I never knew what it was, I would call it the Northeast because, again, it's got the Celtics, the Nets, the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Raptors. Well, the Celtics have been to an NBA Finals, and you're like, okay, cool. Are they going to blow it up and get rid of either Tatum or Brown because... The rumors for Kevin Durant, all these other stuff. And they had Malcolm Brogdon and like Derek White and all these guard, all these like veteran point guards and Marcus Spartan. You're like, how's it gonna work? Well, Malcolm Brogdon was traded. Marcus Smart, they they traded him. And they were like, you know what, we, we were good here. And I'm just wondering, like, why would you, as Michael Wilbon and other people have said this, trade the heart and soul of your team? Again, it was a part of a three-team trade for them to get Christopher Zingas, and then Tyus Jones went to Washington, and the Celtics wanted to give away the contract of Gallinari because he missed all of last season, and they wanted to get rid of Mike Muscala. But again, Marcus Smart has two gold medals. He's the Defensive Player of the Year, first team, three-time, three-time Hustle Award, and a second all-team rookie guy. Like, this dude... Lives and breathes playing defense and grabbing rebounds and being the... Yeah, he, he's not really the prototypical point guard facility-wise, facilitating-wise, because Brown and Tatum need the ball in their hands all the time, right? Well, they said goodbye to him. And then, with the Drew Holiday being traded from the Milwaukee Bucks to Portland, Portland is not going anywhere, and they had a gut load of young guards. So Drew Holiday got traded to the Celtics. So that said goodbye to Malcolm Brogdon. So this team has Drew Holiday, a real facilitator at point guard. He's been doing this whole career. A really great defensive player at, at the guard spot. 
and that makes guys like Peyton Pritchard, in my opinion, Derek White, should be role players, and Jalen Brown and Tatum should be playing small forward and two guard like they're supposed to be. But obviously, in that trade for Drew Holiday, they gave up Robert Williams. And I know he's always injured all the time. He's a little undersized at center. But the dude is a talented, young defensive center. And you got old man Al Horford and third string Luke Cornett as real centers on this team. And they got Christopher Zingas in that trade and extended him. We all know the unicorn is a really talented player and he's like seven foot three or whatever. But the dude is also never healthy. He's not a rim protector or an amazing rebounder. He's a stretch five. He's a shooter. He's he technically want in his opinion, he'd probably want to play small forward or power forward overseas. He's not playing center. But again, it wasn't until like Washington started playing a little bit at center because he didn't want to play center when he was in New York despite being tall. He didn't want to play it in Dallas with Luka. And obviously didn't work out in Washington, okay? So my question is, why do you think the Celtics, Bryce Stevens, think that Porzingis as a center is going to be much better, even with his, if he's healthy, than having what Robert Williams give you? I don't get it. Al Horford's old and Luke Cornett's a third stringer. It just makes no sense. And I would personally play Jalen Brown and Tatum at the forward spot. Play Jalen Brown at two guard and Tatum at small forward. Play Przingis at power forward and play Al Horford in center. And they could have got a very good backup center. They gave Peyton Pritchard all this money and they have Derek White. But again, Derek White at this point, if he's not going to be your starting point guard like he was for some, get minutes at point guard, then just play him. Don't play him as shooting guard. I just don't get it. Now, I, I just still under, don't understand this trait, the, the Celtics thinking, but again, they have a very good chance of being a top seed again and going pretty far based on just the duo of Tatum and Brown. Well, we've seen that. Joe Mazzula at least doesn't have to be like, well, you make me the head coach in like preseason time just before the season. It's an interim basis, but now it's not interim. And he's had a whole offseason, so maybe that will make a difference. I am not sure. Now then, the the other good team in this division is the Sixers. You obviously know that this team goes with how far can Joel Embiid take to them in the playoffs. That's been an issue. It doesn't matter if his running mate was Ben Simmons or if it's been James Harden. It all is going to come down to him. This team also is still stuck with James Harden. He wants to be traded, but again, Daryl Morey knows he can get a lot for him because Harden led almost, I think he led the league in assists or could have led the league in assists last year, and he's still going to put up 20 points a game. He's not going to get a massive score that he was. But for their sake, it's probably best to just let James Harden sit out and... just not let him play because he's way too much of taking away from everything. That's my opinion. I, I like the dude. But again, like, he's just not going to be good for this team. Like, that's the problem there. He's not good for this team, and they don't know what to do with him. Okay? You know, Jalen McDaniels, Jake Milton, and Georgia's thing. Not bad backups. They kept Montrose held, then they just recently cut him. So, Gan, that's a good role player to get minutes off the bench. 
Them getting Kelly Oubre, so he's on a playoff team instead of Charlotte, is a good move. But again, Kelly Oubre is a role player. Danny Green, he's not busy being an analyst at ESPN. Again, a veteran role player at the shooting guard smalls forward spot. And Patrick Beverly, we all know he's a great role player. He plays defense, and he and he grabs rebounds, and he's a good clubhouse guy. And he was, he was helpful with the Bulls in Minnesota recently. Cool. Not bad. Mo Bamba, again. I never understood why the Pistons drafted him when they had so many big men and then gave him the money to keep him. And then he got traded to the Lakers, and he barely played. Joel Embiid's going to play every pretty much as much as possible at center, so he's just going to be a glorified backup. They're still going to do my guy Petey Tucker wrong by making him a power forward on this team when he's really not. He's really not. Because in Houston, they made him play center, and he's not a center. He's 6'5". He is more of a shooting guard, small forward in the in normal NBA, not recent NBA. While Tobias Harris is 6'8", 6'9", would be more effective as a point four, as a stretch four, because he can shoot the floor. So the problem is Joel Embiid... Best running mate, if Harden's not there, is Tyrese Maxey. And again, Tyrese Maxey is a nice young player. They've gotten rid of Matisse Tybal. I never understood that at some, at some point with what they've been doing. But again, Tyrese Maxey is 6'2". He's a point guard. Let him handle the ball. Let him be the, the tag team partner. And if James Harden comes back, you tell James Harden, play the position that you played when you were OKC and originally in Houston. And in Brooklyn, you're a shooting guard. Just when you get the ball from Maxi, just shoot the ball, okay? And make this team better. Because, again, I, Patrick Beverly, you don't want him as your lead ball handler, and you don't want DeAnthony Melton. Let Tyrese Maxey be the ball, the lead ball handler at, at, at point guard and start Kelly Oubre Jr. alongside Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker. So you have Beverly and Melton off the bench and Danny Green and Cork Moss. Like, that's all I'm saying. Is that again, and they have Daniel House Jr. So they got a lot of good backup players. It's just they also decided after the, all the Brett Brown years of rebuilding that the time was now to get rid of Doc Rivers, who could probably now be an analyst because there's nowhere him for him to go. They decided to pick up Nick Nurse. They they were smart. They decided, well, we're gonna we. It's not working with Doc Rivers, so we're going to wait to see who's out there. And they got lucky enough that Toronto decided to move on from Nick Nurse because, as I've mentioned, once they won the championship, the team just got worse and worse with the all-star caliber players. So they picked up Nick Nurse. And that guy's a good head coach, okay? So Nick Nurse is their head coach. I don't know how much different this team is going to be going forward but it may be different than Doc Rivers. We don't know. We'll find out, like, what's a better situation for Joel Embiid. Is Nick Nurse the head coach for him? Is just letting Harden not play so you can play Tyrese Maxey at point guard and give more minutes to Kelly Oubre, Beverly, Melton, Danny Green, Korkmaz, and Daniel House? Maybe. But again, it's all going to be about Joel Embiid. Now then, the next Two teams, both the Nets and the Knicks. The Knicks won a playoff game last year. You're like, oh my God, they finally did it. They finally did it. Because we all know the grind, grindhouse struggle with the Knicks. Where Tom Thibodeau overworks them, plays them lots of minutes. Hard hat, lunch pail thing. You're like, cool. 
And again, doesn't play first-round picks or rookies. They trade Obi Top and Derrick Rose left. They got Josh Hart last year to trade, and they kept him. And they picked up Dante DiVincenzo, who is is a nice role player. He's a good, like, backup guard who can shoot threes and play the occasional defense. Like, that's it. This team is going to run with another season of Jalen Brunson at point guard with R.J. Barrett coming into his own the last year or so playing small forward instead of, like, guard. And Julius Randle, that's your combo. Mitchell Robinson's a nice shot-blocking, rim-protector, defensive rebounding center. Isaiah Hardenstein, they gave a lot of money to to be the backup center. And Emmanuel Quickly has become a great backup guard off the bench. They're still paying Evan Fournier over this money, but they list him as a fifth-string guy. Either you're going to start Evan Fournier as shooting guard because you paid him all this money, or you're going to start Dante Vicenzo. I don't get Quentin Grimes starting over any of these guys. And then Josh Hart is listed as the backup power forward. The little bleak at the at, at, at the big man spots. But if Julius Randle is an all-star, he's going to play lots of minutes. If Mitchell Robinson's a starting center, he's going to play a lot of minutes that they could go small. But this is the Villanova team where... Jalen Brunson went there, so did Dante Vincenzo, so did Josh Hart, and Ryan Arcanaco. Also went to Villanova, but obviously he's not going to play a lot of minutes. I just mentioned because he went to Villanova and he played for the Bulls, so Thibodeau knows of him. I just found it interesting there. But yeah, they made the playoffs last year. I don't know if they can go even further because if RJ Barry or Jewish Randall are your second and third best player and Brunson's your best player, I don't really know how far it's going to go. But again, it's the NBA East. It's the Eastern Conference. You never know what's going on there. That's really all i got to say about the Knicks is that they didn't have any draft picks. They don't want it. Biggest addition was Steve Asensio keeping Josh Hart and trading Obi Toppin. That's all you need to know. Now then, Jacques Vaughn stops, instead of being the stupid interim all the time or being the lead assistant with the Nets, with Kenny Atkinson and my favorite player, Steve Nash, it had to stop. So they finally gave him the full-time thing, and that's good. Just let him be the full-time head coach, the former NBA player, former head coach of the Magic, former assistant with Greg Popovich. Like, let this guy do it. Well, Kevin Durant's gone. Kyrie Irving's gone. James Harden's gone. All of these people are gone. They're no longer on the team. But what they got is they're stuck with Ben Simmons still, okay? And he's making all this money. And the question is, is he going to show up? Is he going to shoot the ball? Is he going to do anything? Because he can't shoot three-pointers, and he's not a great three-shooter. Like, he's a, he's a freak of nature. He's a, he's a tall, ball-handling player, like in the Magic Johnson mold. Not Magic Johnson, but in, like, that mold. So the question is, is he going to be a point guard? Because who would want to start him and Spencer Dinwiddie both a guard at the same time? The whole point of having Spencer Dinwiddie is that he's a veteran point guard. The whole point of them having Dennis Smith Jr. is he used to be the starting point guard alongside Luka Doncic, but then Dallas realized that they wanted Luka to have the ball in his hand, and Smith has bounced around the league. Or do you want Ben Simmons to play center as a point center and just be an amazing defensive player and grab rebounds at the center at the center of the power forward spot? Because I like Cam Johnson. He was a good role player in Phoenix. He's a nice young guy, but he is not a power forward. That's that's the where the thing is. He's like six eight. He's a great size for a small forward, 
he and Mikhail Bridges, the two of them should be at the wing spots. Because this is Bridges' team. I would love to see them as the the dynamic duel at shooting guard and small forward with Din Whittle or Dennis Smith Jr. handling the ball at point guard. Then I would like to see either Ben Simmons or Dorian Finney-Smith, who they got from the Kyrie Irving trade, split time. I mean, uh, split time between Dorian Finney-Smith and Nick Claxton at, at the center and the power forward spots and let Ben Simmons be in the front court. But if Ben Simmons does not want to show up, then guess what? Dorian Finney-Smith and Nick Claxton is your front court. That's not bad. It's really not. They have Royce O'Neal and Harry Giles. Cam Thomas is a nice role player, but Lonnie Walker is going to have to get minutes because he's a nice young player who can score. So the team is just going to go through the Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson as your key player. Hopefully Kenny Atkinson does something, I mean, excuse me, Jock Vaughn does something different than what the ESPN depth chart says. And Dinwiddle is your point guard. That's the whole point of having him and Dennis Smith and the whole point of having Kane Thomas and Lonnie Walker is they're going to come off the bench for Bridges and Johnson. And Royce O'Neal and Jordan Finney-Smith are going to come off the bench, you know, for Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. But I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. And lastly, we get to the Toronto Raptors in a moment. But the Brooklyn Nets had a 21st pick, and that's a power forward. And they got a small forward of the 22nd. So they got some picks in the draft. When it came to all the trades they made. But again. Losing shooters Joe Harris. Seth Curry. And Patty Mills. And Yada Wananubi. Yada Wananabe. That's a lot to lose. And only replacing them with draft picks. Dennis Smith Jr. Lonnie Walker. That's where a little bit. This team's going to go run through them. Now the Raptors. They decided that. You know what. It's time to say goodbye to Nick Nurse. Because it's not going while they thought. Well no duh. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. And all these other players you had on your team, they're gone. In this offseason, Fred Van Fleet left the free to see and sign up for a boatload of money with the, with the Rockets. So they decided that Dennis Schroeder, yeah, Dennis Schroeder is a veteran point guard. He could be a printing point guard if he's not your best player. OG Anubi is making a lot of money and every team's trying to trade for him. Scotty Barnes has been great since his rookie season. Gary Crane Jr. was a good pickup from Portland. He's a solid 3 and D guy. Jalen McDaniels. He's a solid 3 and D guy. Chris Boucher is a good role player. And Precious Achua is who they got from the, the Heat in the Kyle Lowry trade. He's a good backup power forward. Jakob Pertl, who was with his team years ago, then he went to San Antonio. San Antonio decided to get rid of him because they're trying to stink. And obviously they got Victor Wembanyama now. So Jakob Pertl... It's the starting center, and they gave him all this money. You're like, cool. Thaddeus Young is a really good backup big man in this league. Otto Porter is a good backup wing player in this league. And Garrett Temple is a good backup point guard. So they have, you know, Garrett Temple, Malachi Flynn as backup point guards. They drafted Grady Dick in the draft and have Otto Porter, him, and Gary Trent Jr., and Jalen McDaniels, and Chris Boucher. Now, the thing is, all that I'm trying to say is, this team, as always, is long, athletic, and tall, and they get a lot of rebounds. But they're just eh, because if your best player is still Pascal Siakam, who's an all-star, you're not going to win anything, okay? Because you just have a lot of good role players, and obviously you got Grady Dick, the 
the rookie. It's like, oh my God, look at him. That's the only thing they did was get him with 13th pick. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to fire Nick Nurse. Maybe he just didn't want to be there anymore, and they decided to give his Darko Ragic the job. I don't know what's going to go on there. That is again makes no sense. Now again, I call this this the these this. I call this the Southeast. They call it. I call it like the the Florida, you know, Gulf Coast like division where Miami Heat, Orlando Magic are in the Florida, Charlotte, Atlanta are there. The Wizards usually Washington's in like the East. That's why with the Raptors being in that division, I don't know, it made no sense. Now then, Miami Heat every single season are the People are like, count them out. They're like, they're not going to be a top five seed. They'd somehow have a top seed or they just sneak into the playoff. Last year is like the sixth, seventh seed and, and, you know, the playing game, all this other stuff. But you can never count out Jimmy Butler. Yes, he's a great defensive player, leader, rebounder, all that. But again, Colin Coward pointed this out to me the other day. He's played like in 60-something of the games. He doesn't play a full season because he plays hard and he gets hurt because he's always playing and landing on the ground, all this other stuff. Bam Adebayo is a nice rim-protecting, good rebounding center. is a little undersized. He also misses time. When he misses time, who's going to play center? Like, that's the thing. They got rid of a quality backup in Deadman last year, and then the Spurs cut him. They still have Kevin Love, who I think should be starting a power forward because, again, that's his position. He's a, he's a three-point shooting power forward. He lines up on the perimeter. It's not going to affect Bam Adebayo's game. They have Jimmy Butler listed at power forward. Jimmy Butler is a shooting guard. He's played a lot of small forward in his time because of who Minnesota and Philadelphia had at the point. But he should be playing shooting guard. I mean, he should be starting a shooting guard. Okay? This okay, and this, but I'm not going to count out this team. I'm going to tell you this. I'm never going to count out this team. I really don't because. They're famous for all of these undrafted two, uh, second round picks. And this year they had the 18th overall pick. And they got Jamie Jacquez Jr., a shooting guard. And they think, you know, you know, they say he's a, one of the toughest, hardworking players in the thing. And he's going into Santa's perimeter, all this other stuff. You're like, cool. But the Heat lost some of that depth that they've had. You know, Victor Oladipo's gone. Omer, Umers, Yesfin, Cody Zeller, and Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Those are big key guys playing minutes at the guard spots. Josh Peterson decided to come back. He's a nice young shooting guard, but he's he bounced around. He's not that great. And Thomas Bryant is a good backup center, but he's not amazing. All the rumors of them getting Damian Lillard, that didn't work out. All the rumors of them getting Drew Holiday didn't work out. So you know what? So what? Kyle Lowry, the veteran point guard, and won a championship is your starting point guard. And that... Caleb Martin and R.J. Hampton and Josh Richardson are your backup, should be your backups for Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero when you play Kevin Love at center. You know, you can't count out Spolster as one of the best coaches in the league, and it can. This whole roster is going to go with how well Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo play when they make it to the playoffs and how much contribution that Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, and R.J. Hampton and Thomas Bryant are going to make his backups because old man Lowry and Kevin Love, you just know what they're going to get you. And will Tyler Hero silence the haters and go, you know what? I know you kept putting me in the rumors, but I am going to be traded. I don't care which – I am I know you're trying to trade me, but I'm going to do this. Okay? The rest of this division is where we get to crap because 
The Magic have all this young talent. The Hornets have young talent and ball. And the Wizards now don't have Bradley Beal, so it's like crap. So the next team is the Atlanta Hawks. And they're not crap. They're just solid enough to be a playoff team. Because again, Trey Young, this will be a full season with Quinn Snyder. But they had Nate McMillan and they had Lloyd Pierce. So is Trey Young a coach killer? We don't know. Trey Young is small and undersized. Can he stay healthy? And we know he can't play defense. They're du- and, they, and again, they're doubling down on the Deontay Murray thing where they're just, you know, decided to give him all this money to keep him. And I'm like, okay, cool. They're going to keep Deontay Murray, who, again, is a point guard, but he's like a triple-double point guard. He gets rebounds as well. He doesn't just get points or assists. They had a first-round pick in Kobe Bufkin with a 15 pick. You know, a shooting guard that gives them another shooting guard, okay? So, and they drafted two shooting guards. But again, bringing Wesley Matthews, he's a good veteran role player. Patty Mills is a good veteran backup point guard. But again, they got rid of John Collins too late, and they didn't get a lot for him. And Aaron Holiday is an okay, you know, role player. Thing is, the team is going to run with how good Trey Young is and how good he is with Deontay Murray. And they still got Bogdan Bogdanovich who's a great young three-point shooter that the Milwaukee Bucks wish they had when they tried to get him. And DeAndre Hunter is one of the only guys left from that situation because they used to have Kevin Horder and they used to have Cam Reddish. You know, and I was like, why would you trade these young guys? Like, I, there was just, you know, those are two of the guys that I remember, that Kevin Horder, young guy, and Cam Reddish, then I was like, why they get rid of them? It just didn't make any sense. So DeAndre Hunter, they extended him. They decided they need to keep him. And then they, as I told you earlier in the podcast, the Pistons traded Sadiq Bate. The problem is, what positions does Sadiq play when he's best? Small forward. What is DeAndre Hunter? Probably a shooting guard, but he could play small forward. And now you got Deontay Murray with Trey Young for two seasons in a row. Both are point guards. So they got to start them at the same time, and they're probably going to start DeAndre Hunter and Sadiq Bate. I don't know why the depth chart on ESPN has to, is Bogdan Bogdanovich as a backup. He's not as tall as the other Bogdanovich, who's closer to 6'8", 6'9", but I would want to like a stretch three or stretch four there because Clint Capella the, the, can be inside the paint and get a lot of putbacks and alley-oops. And again, he's a good shot-blocking, rebounding center. Patty Mills, as I mentioned with Wesley Matthews, A.J. Griffin's son, A.J. Griffin, and this Jalen Johnson guy. Okay, there's somewhat good backups, but again, Patty Mills is better suited on a team that's going to actually be a playoff team. Say there wasn't Matthews, I feel like their contributions would be way better. Bogdanovich should be starting, but again, Hawks are going to be like, eh, we'll be a playing team, but they may not make it far, okay? Then the next team, I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets because the thing with the Charlotte Hornets is that LaMelo Ball is really good, tall point guard. Gets a lot of rebounds. He's not as good defensive player as his brother, but he's a really good shooter. He's always been a good shooter. But the problem is he hasn't finished many seasons as the guy, right? He's always been injured, and they just falter in the second half, and they just don't have their leader. They don't have their best score. They don't have their, their best player. Michael Jordan finally sold his team. We'll see where that's going to go with a different ownership group and what's going on there. But again, this team runs through LaMelo Ball. Problem is, Terry Rozier is a point guard, so he should be the backup. He shouldn't be starting alongside him. Cody Martin, Caleb Martin's brother, 
he's a really nice role player. Gordon Hayward, if he's ever healthy, he's a key contributor as a veteran at small forward. Okay? They also decided to keep P.J. Washington. Now, P.J. Washington is a, sick, is a small forward, but the problem is they want to play him as a small power forward, and it just doesn't make any sense. You could have Gordon Hayward come off the bench, okay? Play Peter Washington at small forward, and you can play Cody Martin as shooting guard. That's what I would do. Franklin Delita, again, he's a nice backup point guard. Not me that much. They don't have a lot of front court players because the Zeller era has been over, and they haven't had anybody. They're going with Mark Williams, who was their 15th, the 15th overall pick in last year's draft. So they're just going fresh there. And... They had the second overall pick, and they drafted Brandon Miller because, like, we need a 3 and D defensive player. But my question is, you don't need a 3 defensive player when you're paying Gordon Hayward all this money. You have P.J. Washington who re-signed. So I didn't understand them drafting and thinking that's the need. You can go to go Scoot Henderson. You're like, well, the reason we didn't go with Scoot Henderson is because we have Ball. Ball's never healthy. Someone said they could have even gone with Amen Thompson because people thought he's a good small forward, Okay. The Withers took a small forward. The Pacers took a power forward. The Jazz took a power forward. There were other players in the draft they're probably going to do. But for them, it's all in on can Brandon Miller, who's a defensive you know, player at small forward, can he shoot and be effective alongside Ball and you know P.J. Washington? He's going to be effective around them. And then they had a Nick Smith Jr. as a backup in the draft. He's going to be probably backup minutes of shooting guard in the center. But Kelly Oubre is a great role player. So losing him is not the best thing in the world. So the other big question is, will will when will Bridges come back? Because he didn't play last year. question is, how much is anybody going to suspend him? Because when he played, he was a really good forward. That's the problem. And I never understood that Steve Clifford came back a second time to coach. That's where it's confusing. But again... Why do you have Gordon Hayward making all this money? Why do you have P.J. Washington making all this money? Why did you, did you draft Brandon Miller? And then you still have Miles Bridges. Like, I'm looking at this like, how many small forwards can this team have? That if you need to play Terry Rozier as a backup point guard because, you know, that's where he should be, then you play P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward at the at the – perimeter players, and but then who's your power forward? Like, again, that's the problem with this team. Now then, I'm also going to then go with the Orlando Magic, okay? You're going to be like, why? They think, when are they going to prove it? Because I just don't think the Wizards are going to be that good. It's going to be a disaster there, okay? That's what I really think it's going to be. So when it comes to the Magic, they have such a talented, really... Really talented roster, like super talented roster. I'm not joking. They really do. Okay? They have a lot of guards. Jalen Suggs as shooting guard, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. And Gary Harris, the veteran. Joe Ingles, the, the veteran. Like, it's a lot of talent there. Paulo Banchero, who won Rookie of the Year, I would play him at center in this league and play the Wagner brothers together because, again, you want to space the floor and have good shooting. But they gave Wendell Carter like that money after the Bulls traded him for Vukovic. But the problem is he's always not healthy. But he's an okay rebounding center. It's just he wasn't even a starting center. He was Marvin Bagley's backup. And Jonathan Isaac, he keeps getting hurt and missing time. 
but he's also a big man. So it's like between the Wagner brothers, Banchero, Carter, and Isaac, again, a glut of big men. And then at the guard positions, you got Fultz, who if he's healthy, the change of scenery has been good for him. Jalen Suggs was, again, a first-round pick, and Cole Anthony was. That, again, it's a lot going on here with this team. But I feel like another year of Paulo Banchero as the as the starting as a starting player in this league and another and if Markel Fultz is healthy another year Jalen Suggs and the Wagner brothers who cares about them losing Bol Bol he doesn't play a lot it's that this team then just gets better because they got Anthony Black in the draft so they say he's a true point guard and obviously the question will be shooting but here's the thing. If he's a point guard and he knows how to facilitate this Anthony Black, he'll know to give the ball to Paulo Banchero and the Wagner brothers and let Jalen Suggs score. He'll know what, he should know what to do. But he's not getting a lot of playing time because Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony should be the primary guards of this team with Jalen Suggs, okay? Like, that's what it should be. Gary Harris and Joe Ingles, they come off the bench and shoot threes. That's what they should be doing. And the Wagner brothers, and there's just a lot of talent going on there. And then, of course, they got Jed Howard from the Bulls. Because, again, the Vucevic trade keeps working out for them. So, again, Jed Howard, Anthony Black, nice rookies. They're not going to really contribute. But, yes, I think the Magic are going to be way better than they were last year because Paul Banchero is just getting better. The Wagner brothers are just getting better together. And, again, Fultz, every season that he's away from the, from the Sixers and he's healthy, just, this just makes it a much better team. So I would take a team with Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Joe Ingles, Jalen Suggs, the Wagner brothers, Paul Benchero, Jonathan Isaac, and Wendell Carter Jr. over some other teams. I just, you have to, you have, it's about proving it because the Hawks have proved that they made the playoffs. And I feel like maybe the Magic may be better than the Hornets this year. You never know. I feel like the Magic, again, like the Pistons, they got to prove it. I feel like the Magic, if they prove it, they can be better than the Raptors. You don't know. Now we got the Wizards who... Who finally, after all these years, are like, we're going to trade. Everyone's like, trade Bradley Beal. Trade Bradley Beal. We don't know what's going on. And you're just like, no. They're not going to do it because they gave him money and they extended him, all this other stuff. They're just going to keep going. No, we're going to keep him. So you're just like, okay, cool. You're just going to continue to be not a playoff team. Bubble team, they invited you, even though you weren't that good. And this, this is what we're going to do. And they were, again, 12th seed last year just ahead of Orlando and Charlotte and the Pistons. So they're not in really great, great company. They're really not. West Sunsell Jr. following his father's sister up and being a wizard. Like, so let this dude coach. Do not fire him early and be like, eh, we don't, we, we, we stink. We need to move on. No, 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 no. So Bradley Beal is obviously gone, right? So they were smart last year. They got this Tyus Jones guy in a trade. Like, I never understood why Tyus Jones was traded in the first place. That just made no sense to me. He was a nice guard in Memphis, where obviously we all know he started in Minnesota and they were dumb enough to trade him. And when John Morant was gone, he played really, really well. So, again, the Wizards got him at point guard. But you're like, is that going to work? They had Russell Westbrook before a point guard, and that didn't work out. And Bradley Beal needs a ball in his hand. And then they get Jordan Poole because with this whole Bradley Beal betraying to Phoenix, and the whole Chris Paul then being traded because Wizards didn't want him, and then the Golden State has him, and Jordan Poole didn't want it. Just say, because of Bradley Beal trade, Jordan Poole is the starting shooting guard of this team. And we saw when Steph Curry or Klay Thompson missed time last year, 
that he could put up like 20 points easily. So he's going to score a lot, but he's going to want the ball in his hands. Kyle Kuzma, again, we know he the talented scorer. The Lakers had him. He got traded to the Wizards in the Russell West. I mean, with Russell Westbrook trade, whatever it is that in certain trades like that. The Kyle Kuzma again, he's a scorer. He needs the ball in his hand. He's like he he needs it because again he's not going to play off the ball because he knows how good of a player he is. That's really what it is. So that's what I'm getting at is that traded for Russell Westbrook. All this other stuff is that. Kuzma, Tyus Jones, and Jordan Poole all want the ball in their hand, right? That's a problem, okay? Denny Avdia, the Israeli Jewish basketball player, who when he was playing overseas when he got drafted, is what you call a point forward. That means that he's like a tall ball-handling guy like Ben Simmons, Matt Johnson, Kaluka. Like he's not like a 6'1 or 6'2 guard. He's like a 6'8", 6'9", forward. And he's the most effective when he is shooting, when he's holding the ball in his hand at 6'9 and facilitating. Well, again, he's been not lucky with the whole Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal situation, and then the Kyle Kuzma on the team. But, you know, you think he had the ball. Dinwiddie was on this team at one point. He needed the ball in his hand. Now, they got Tyus Jones, an actual point guard. But Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma are both on the ball. I don't know why they have Kuzma listed at power forward. It makes actually no sense. Just play him at his actual position, small forward. But then, so... That's a problem. They got too many ball handlers, and I feel like this is not a great move. Getting Landry Shamit with the whole Phoenix and stuff, like, that guy's a quality role player. He's a 3 and D guy, and I could probably see him being traded at the deadline to another team. Danilo Gallinari, after missing all of last season, the Celtics are like, we just need to get rid of his contract. He gets over there, however it was, and uh, he's one of my favorite players back to when he got drafted by the Knicks. That... For him, if he's healthy and he proves that he's healthy and he's a stretch four, stretch five at his age of 35, that whole Marcus March uh, Porzingis trade, like I feel like he could also be a trade candidate, but I would start him at power forward alongside Kyle Kuzma. I think that would be a really good combination and just let Avadia, DeLon Wright, Landry Shammer, and Mike Muscala really be the backups on this team. But again, they drafted this Belay Kolbuli from France with a pick swap, and they want him to play it. But obviously, this is the highest reward for a player who was teammates with Wembyama. So obviously, the, he has some shooting potential. That's really cool and nice and dandy. But let him come off the bench. Don't start him right away. So again, the Wizards, I think, are just going to be a little bit of a disaster. They don't know what's going on with all the players and what's going on and who's going to have the ball in their hand and what's going on. So it's going to be a lot of fun for Wes Unsell Jr. But as I'm going to tell you this, is that the the main components of the season for the Eastern Conference is that Milwaukee Bucks are going to be really good by having Damian Lillard swap out for Drew Holiday and they have a chance to win the championship, okay? The Celtics getting Drew Holiday from Portland because of that whole swapping and stuff... They're going to be better. I just don't know about the losing of Robert Williams and Marcus Smart and going with Porzinga. The Sixers, Joel Embiid, he's a one-man crew. Let my, these, uh, let my Tyrese Maxey lead this team and not have James Harden around because it's not going to help them out. Darius Garland and the and the whole, you know, the whole.
the whole thing of you just need to let Joel Embiid develop with Tyrese Maxey because because what you want is Joel Embiid to be happy and have players around him that actually want to continue to play with him. That's going to be the real key. Just If you can't trade him, just don't play him around. And that's really at the top. Those are the top three seeds. We all know they're going to be contenders. Then the question will be, what seed will Miami Heat get? And how much will Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo play? And will Tyler Hero get revenge on all the people that wanted to trade him this offseason? Because they, didn't, they lost some depth and they didn't get the players they wanted. Then the Knicks, the question will be, after they won one playoff round, can they win another with a combination of Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and R.J. Barrett? Will the Nets with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, all the guys they got from the trades of Kyrie and Durant and Harden, will like they just get better every year, and will Ben Simmons be holding them up? That's the real question there. Again, the Atlanta Hawks, the Bulls, we don't know what's going on there. Because, as I said, Cavaliers, Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell, it's year two. So the question will be, how much will that go forward with what they're doing? Like, can they get even further in the playoffs? That's the question there. The Bulls, I'm disappointed in them. Just keeping the same team of Vucevic, DeMar Rosen, and Zach Levine. The Hawks are doubling down with Deontay Murray, Trey Young, Lineup minus John Collins. Let's see how that works. The Raptors moving on from Nick Nurse. I think a team with a bunch of young, tall, athletic guys. And Pascal Siakam is your leader. That's not going to be a playoff team. It's really not. The Pacers, they could be a team on the rise with the Matt Rudin guy, which I keep butchering his name, and obviously Tyrese Halliburton leading the show. And then obviously Miles Turner knowing that he's not going to be traded. And then again, the Pistons and Magic, it all is going to depend on can that young talent on both those teams be good? Because Kate Cunningham is a really talented player. The question is, is he going to be healthy and lead this team to being better? And will Marco Fultz, Jalen Suggs, the, the Wagner brothers, Paul Vincero, that combination, will that be really good? Because I don't know. And again, LaMelo Ball, if he can finish a full season and be up there for a play-in game with the talent that they have on this team, they could be a playoff team if they really tried. And the Wizards, again, they have too many guys that need the ball in their hand. They don't know what they're doing. That's kind of the problems here. And obviously Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler, they're all going to be MVP candidates. Obviously, Jimmy Butler and Bam and Giannis could also be defensive players of the year. So can Joel Embiid. Obviously, rookies of the year could obviously be the Hornets' Anthony Miller if he really tried um, that sort of thing is that Kate Cunningham could win like comeback player and some of these guys in this team could win most improved player of the year. I feel like if the Pacers or the Magic or the Pistons take the next step, those guys could be coaches of the year. It's kind of like obvious to give it to Missoula or if you give it to Nick Nurse for the Sixers, they get, if they're better, cohesion. Like those are kind of like too obvious there for you to give it to them as the sort of situation there. But again, thanks for listening to the 2023-2024 NBA preview. This was on the radar. As always, you get your podcast anywhere you get. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get it, Amazon. Just rate, subscribe. 
all of that. And check out the the Western Conference podcast, which is another one that you can listen to. Read my NBA preview at OnTheRadarMedia.com. Radar4428 on Blogger. And the predictions on the standings, the awards, and the postseason. So, yeah, just uh, thanks for listening on the radar. The NBA 2023-24 Eastern Conference preview. See you guys next.